this is Charlie, and you're listening to Born to Watch. Welcome to Born to Watch, where three old mates, an ex-video shop owner, an industry insider, and a black belt in 80s kung fu movies, put their mastery to the test on movies that change the world. Hey there fellow watchers, I'm Whitey and here is another episode of Born to Watch and we're keeping with the female friendly fair. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned and amazing Amy Elliott Dunn epitomises this statement. To everyone they were the perfect couple, amazing one might say, but you didn't have to scratch far below the surface to find the truth. This week we dissect with a sharp box cutter, David Finch's Gone Girl, starring Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike. And let's meet the team, the G-Man sitting opposite me. How are you, mate? Very good. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Morgs. Um, yeah, been a big week in the suburbs. Has it? Oh, mate, a lot, lot of stuff going on. Very positive feedback from last week uh, from the Kick-Ass Credit song. Yeah. Big, a lot of feedback. Yeah. A few people coming in. Might be a regional tour up and happening. Yeah. <laughs> very regional. <laughs> oh, Sub-regional. Sub-regional. Yeah, yeah. No, Morgs. Morgs used to be. Uh, Morgs has been. You know, he's in the movie industry, but he was used to be in a band back in the nineties. So Morgs in the in the music industry as well. Definitely, he's yeah, a mate, triple threat, mate. He's a he's a big bass player back in the nineties. Used to slap that bass a lot. He slapped it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so look, Morgs want to hook me up with the uh, Mount Tambourine Senior Ladies Penance Bowls team. Yeah, they're looking for someone for their ten year reunion. Yes, yeah. <laughs> to go with the accordion, your player. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Dan up there on the land, how are you, mate? Yes, big week on the land. Very dry up here on the land. I don't know what it's like down in the burbs, but we need at least 80, 90 points or uh, it's it's going to be really difficult soil conditions for us on the ranch in the future. So we don't, if we, we don't say uh, millimetres up here, we say points. It's, it's primary producer talk. Yeah, we, we got that. It, but, we got that. Um, also had another wrong fuel in the work truck incident this week, but it Ooh. wasn't me this time. It was a friend of the podcast, M Head. Who Not in the new I, car. I was uh, meant to be, yeah, meant to be going to boxing with them head this evening, and instead I diverted to the servo next to Dune and Sand and Gravel, where M Head and the new D Max were uh, parked oh on the side God. of the road with him sucking on a hose and spluttering. So, yeah, not not as bad as my effort on the mighty Triton, but uh, uh, still. Uh, hang still on a minute. Can, yeah, a couple of. I He's know what you're going to say. Sucking on a hose. Where's the bloody fuel going? It, well. I don't know if there's any uh, law enforcement authorities listening to the podcast, but we uh, we did try and get into a fuel canister, but then we just let it fucking spray into the car park because it was too hard. So, but we got it. It was, it was very very little fuel compared to when I ballsed up a few weeks ago. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, it can happen to anyone. Even a couple of a uh, couple of guys from the land, salt of the earth, primary producers can balls up and stick the unleaded in the diesel tank. So, uh, yeah, look, don't beat yourself up in the suburbs down there. Um, I also had a bit of feedback on my MySpace page uh, this week with fans wondering how many Nooners I participated in last week. <laughs> so the tally currently sits What's the over and unders? Yeah, What's the over and unders? Well, it's I'm going to have it four. I'm going to have four as over and unders. Unders. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going? Uh, I'm going overs for sure. It's going nah, unders, well unders. Thank you. I know I, I know I do give off the waft of Mad Rooter, but uh, it's a hard zero, <laughs> and uh, I'll keep you posted. But I'm, I'm, 
<laughs> hoping to increase that tally this week when the kids are back at school again. But yeah, good good week on the land. Excellent. All right. Well, if you want to support the podcast and help the show to grow, make sure you subscribe to us on all good podcast platforms and share to your friends. That's the important part. You can also find us on the social networks, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, MySpace, Yahoo Messenger, AOL, MSN. Feel free to reach out and join our burgeoning community. All right. Look, I was actually very surprised at how much I enjoyed last week's episode of Pretty Woman. Who would have thought that it took a romantic comedy to have me achieve all my goals of podcasting? But I tell you what, I think it was one of our better episodes. I know Dan even got involved quite heavily. But I think what tipped it over the edge was the greatest kick-ass credit song ever committed to the pod. Now, look, this movie is adapted from the novel of Gillian Flynn of the same name. It was a blockbuster book and Megan, my wife, had read it and was telling me all about it. I didn't understand what she was saying. I never read the book. And I actually steered clear of the movie for some time because it was one of those ones where she was telling me to watch it, so it must have been shit. When did you see the movie, boys? Yeah, we'll start with you. I think I know this one. I was a lot the same with that because uh, Chrissy was read the book and was like, this book's awesome. We've got to see the movie. We've got to see the movie. So... I don't know exactly when we saw it, but we saw it not that long after it came out. Yeah. At the movies? You saw it at the uh, movies? No, I don't think we were at the movies, so it must have been a little while after, yeah. but I'm, I'm sure we watched it at home, but we definitely watched it straight away because she was right into it, yeah. and I was the same. I wasn't sure what it was going to be like, but uh, yeah. what, what about you, Dan? Yeah, I, I like Megan. I read the book, so I, I knew all about it, and um, I must have seen the movie reasonably soon after it was released. Didn't go to the cinema, so would have would have seen it whenever it came out on whatever platforms were available to us in 2014. Probably. Probably Netflix at that stage, I guess. So, uh, yeah, but but 2014, I had to shake myself and realise it still wasn't 2014. How can 2014 be nine years ago? That's just uh, just crazy. So it's crazy. Time's certainly gone flies. very quick. What what were you cats up to in 2014? Anything that I don't know. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, Dan, when we do the 2014 year. I know you're trying to sneak in ahead of the game again, like you like to do, and and make it a bit about you at this stage. But we've got a section where we talk about 2014, and we'll do it then. So a bit like Gow, I didn't see this at the movies, but Megan did go and see it. And I think I waited and I actually probably watched it on my own, um, which was probably a good place to watch it. It was, uh, yeah, I, I yeah, didn't see it at the movies, which is not like me. Uh, but I'm, and I'm a bit disappointed that I didn't actually. I think it would have been a good, a good one to see at the movies. Let's listen to the trailer. Nick Dunn, you're probably the most hated man in America right now. You're killing your wife, Nick. Everyone told us and told us marriage is hard work. Not for me and Nick. As you all know, my wife, Amy Elliott Dunn, disappeared three days ago. I had nothing to do with the disappearance of my wife. I have nothing to hide. Does Amy got friends we can talk to? No, not really. You don't know if she has friends, you don't know what she does all day, and you don't know your wife's blood type. Just being a good guy, so everybody can see him being a good guy. Well, you really don't like him, do you? All I'm trying to do is be nice to the people who are volunteering to help find Amy. I will practice believing my husband loves me, but I could be wrong. You ever seen that guy in the glasses before? Amy is the kind of girl who attracts admirers. Whoever took her is bound to bring her back. I'm hoping you can tell me what this means. You want to solve Amy's treasure hunt? Huh? You seen this girl around here? Yeah, I remember her. I know you. I saw you at the volunteer side. 
I wanted to help. What she want? She wanted a gun. We are all scared that we are all here now. I feel like something to be jettisoned if necessary. I feel like I could disappear. The hallmark of a sociopath is a lack of empathy. Amy lost a lot of blood in there, and then somebody mopped it up. Why do they mop up the blood if they're trying to stage a crime scene? Whatever they found, I think it's safe to assume that it's very bad. I'd finally realized I am frightened of my own husband. I would draw you, as if you do in a deposition, what to say, what not to say. A trained monkey? A trained monkey who doesn't get lethal injections. She's going to eat you alive. You assaulted her? It's not good enough for you? I hit her? It's not even close. Absolutely not. I never touched her. We now believe Nick is involved in the disappearance of our daughter. Without a body, without a murder weapon, their only hope is a confession. You don't know anything yet? You need to tell me. How was your marriage, Nick? Are you asking me if I killed my wife? Man of my dreams. This man of mine may kill me. What about my son, Nick? This man may kill me. In her own words, this man may truly kill me. You ever hear the expression, the simplest answer is often the correct one? Actually, I've never found that to be true. Another David Fincher cracker there. Now we're going to set the over and unders at nine, considering it's one for every year. I already know by the look on Gao's face what his is going to be, but Gao, over on the nine. You need to set it at one. <laughs> no. I've seen it twice. Watched it when we first watched it, and I rewatched it uh, for the podcast here, which was actually pretty good because I remembered vaguely of the story, but not all the twists and turns that are in it. So that, uh, that was actually quite good because I didn't, I didn't sort of – understand what was going to happen i you know it sort of came back to me as the movie went on well i found that cool last week when i hadn't seen pretty woman for so long that i actually couldn't remember what was going on yeah so I'm, it's, I, and that is unusual you know rather than seeing something in the cinema dan what about you over under nine under nine no i didn't uh would really enjoyed the rewatch and a bit like gow I, I i knew what was happening but uh, a couple of things still shocked me so yeah under, under nine for me yeah well i'm over nine I, I went on a bit of a run with this movie where it became my sort of easy one to turn on and just have on in the background. So I'd be over nine, but only just, maybe like 10 or 11. But uh, I enjoyed it again. Watch this, rewatch it. Yeah, a bit to unpack in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot to, to talk unpack. about. Yeah, There's a lot to talk about. So, Gao, why don't you tell us a bit about Gone Girl? All right. With the tagline, was Nick Dunn lying? On the occasion of his fifth wedding anniversary, Nick Dunn reports that his wife, Amy, has gone missing. Under pressure from the police and a growing media frenzy, Nick's portrait of a blissful union begins to crumble. Soon, his lies, deceits, and strange behaviour have everyone asking the same dark question. Did Nick Dunn kill his wife? Yeah. I've got to say, there are so many questions about what's real and what's not real in this movie about whether she's just a lunatic. And it gets proven that she is a lunatic. But all the way through, I, even on this one, I'm, I'm thinking, did this happen? Did this not happen? Is this true? Is this not true? Well, there's the double layer there, right? Because he doesn't give away anything when she first goes missing and yeah. doesn't, doesn't reveal half the story. And that sort of gets fleshed out. Yeah. And then we realise. Certainly does know, get fleshed out. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, but then we realise that, you know, then it comes back with the other part of the story too. So we see what's what's happened in the background and how he's been manipulated. I think it'll be quite good, Dan, because you can give us that eye from the novel where I guess we get a lot more exposition from the novel you would and learn a little bit more of that inner monologue was it, that goes was on. Was it true to it, to the novel, or was it different? Very, I believe it was a very, little different. 
No, yeah. they, it, it obviously streamlined the plot. Gillian Flynn, the, the author, wrote the screenplay as well. So yeah. worked with David Fincher on that, which is great. But no, it took out a couple of plot lines that you, we don't not see anything about um, Nick's parents. They're, they're gone from the novel. But it, it is pretty much true to it. And they actually teased out Gillian Flynn and, and Fincher that they had made some major changes to it, I think probably to engage people that thought they'd read the book because it was a, a phenomenon, the, the book. It, um, it sold a bazillion copies. Yeah. So I think to engage that audience that might have thought, oh, I've seen it, they got them along to the movies. But no, it, it was really, really close to it. And I think they did an excellent job in in converting the novel to a screenplay without having to carve huge, great chunks out of it. So I only really missed a few minor plot lines that, um, that, that mm-hmm. certainly didn't affect this uh, this screenplay. So, no, I, overall, I think uh, the it, it's interesting and it's probably something we should have looked at more, but when you do engage the author of the novel to write the screenplay, it can go very pear-shaped very quickly because they're very, very different mediums. So working in that that um, the, the, the two-hour time, time frame versus five, six, seven hundred pages with whatever you want to do and how much backstory you want to do. And it's, a, it's definitely a different writing process and there's very few novelists that make great screenwriters and, and vice versa. So, yeah, I can't remember what the fucking question was, but um, that's no, all I have No, you covered it quite well. This. Well, there's, there's been a couple, like there's been one, uh, I guess, novelization uh, to screenplay, which brings to mind of an excellent nature, which was, Mario Puzo's The Godfather, that was excellent. He he wrote the screenplay for that. But then there's been many duds, and one I can think of off the top of my head is Jaws, where they actually enlisted Peter Bench- Brenchley to try to write the the screenplay, and it was awful. It was awful. So they they had to, it, that was just written on the fly, essentially Jaws. So wow, you've got to be careful. Yeah, I think well, they're just too close to the pro- yeah, they're too close to it. David Fincher did hundreds of hours of filmography on this movie and then cut it all down. I don't know if that's just his process or whether that's 500 hours. He yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know if that's his process or whether that's just part of, you know, they're yeah. trying to get the, the right story. Yeah. It was, it was 500 hours and and the, the production went for uh, three weeks and 79 days. <laughs> it uh, was three weeks and 79 days. Yeah, which is, it averages about five hours of film a day, which is massive. Like yeah. it's a huge commitment. Yeah. They pushed, he pushed the actors to the limit. I mean, that's up there with what Morgs does when he's working. You know, Absolutely. Like workaholic. Five hours a day. <laughs> Definitely. All right, let's move into critical thinking. So this is a good one. IMDb rate this at 8.1 out of 10, and it actually ranks number 184 in the IMDb top 250. Oh, the tomato wow. meter has mm. this certified fresh at 88%, and with an 87% audience score, it's a very well-rated movie. Now, we've got a couple reviews here we've got one good one from ryan cyrek from the reader in 2018 warning to newly engaged couples do not see gone girl a movie that makes marriage look like the hunger games with slightly more alleged sodomy (laughs) that's that's a good review so the bad review from rob gonsalves of rob's movie vault the most loathsome movie i've seen in 28 years i've been reviewing films Wow. Rob. That's rough. That is rough. That's rough. Oh, Rob's no fan. What's, what's Rob into? Uh, I don't know. Not sodomy by the sounds no. of things. Not alleged sodomy. No. Yes. Yeah, he prefers. <laughs> actual. He prefers <laughs> actual. Don't we all? <laughs> uh, all right, gal, let's move into Ordinary People, where we talk about the cast and the crew 
and all things about this movie. All right, here we go. We'll start off with a big star, Ben Affleck. Uh, Batfleck. Batfleck. Made his, made his big introduction to feature films in 93 in Dazed and Confused. Did, um, did he get his nickname of Big Ben Affleck after this movie and the shower scene at the end? In Dazed and Confused? I, I don't know. Yeah, he was I'll in Dazed and Confused. Yeah, well. yeah, no, I know he's a Bannon, a Banyan in Days of Confusion. I don't know about a shower scene. He gets he gets paint tipped over him. No, by, by shower him, scene no. in Gone Girl at the oh, end of God, Gone Girl. Right, okay, oh yeah. right, okay. Oh, right. Side dick. Yes. <laughs> he's got quite substantial Maybe. side dick. Maybe. That'll come up Jason, in uh... – Jason Siegel's got a big wizard. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He gets it out all the time. Yeah. He does. Forgetting Sarah right. Marshall. Mind, yeah. In the uncut version of Freddie and Sarah Marshall, Jason Seal gets his dick out like six times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does Kevin Bacon's career in one movie. <laughs> he does. <laughs> but yeah, Days and Confused. Into, and then he did those independent films, you know, with Kevin Smith. So he did More Rats Chasing Amy in 97. Um, and then obviously he was looking to get his screenplay done that him and Matt Damon had written. And they finally got that through to, uh, to Miramax. Originally it went to Castle Rock, it was picked up by Castle Rock, but Castle Rock wouldn't give them the, the creative or control control that yeah. they wanted. And then Kevin Smith got involved, took to Miramax and then they got it done. So yeah. that obviously, you know, really put them on the map. Well, they won the Academy Award. Yeah. Well, it dominated Williams. for nine and yeah. won two. Robin Williams won. They won for yeah. best, best original screenplay. screenplay. Yeah. So then he went from that in 97 to Armageddon, 98, Shakespeare in Love, 98, Dogma, 99, Boiler Room, 2000, Reindeer Games, 2000. Terrible. Boiler Room's really good. Boiler Room is unreal movie. Yeah, really good. Yeah, really, really good. But like just so many big movies. Pearl Harbor, 2001. Mate, he's, he's a jobber. He is like, he has had so many credits and he's like had a hundred credits. Yeah. It's crazy how much he's yeah, this is This is all in three or four years. The sum of all fears. That's good. He plays Jack Ryan. Young Jig- Jack Ryan. Jiggly. <laughs> Could be the worst movie ever yeah. made. Yes. I haven't seen with it. His now I've heard. With yes, his now fiancé. With his now fiancé. So again. Um, Jersey Girl. He's just not that into you. The Town. I watched The Town. Town's one of the greatest movies of all Two time. Two weeks ago? Yeah. Unreal. So good. Really, really good movie. Yep. yep. That's on the list. Um, And he he wrote that, didn't he? He did. Wrote and directed it. Wrote and directed it. And then obviously 2012 Argo, which won Best Motion Picture, won the Oscar and a BAFTA. Yep. And he got that for, he got Best Director in that as well, so... But then they're Gone Girl, and then obviously the Batman, Batman and Superman movies. Terrible. He's a good Batman though. Yeah, he's a good. I think Batman. he's a good Batman, just in bad movies. Yeah. Uh, the accountant. Did you see the accountant? Yeah. yeah. Shit. It's not great. Not great. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Bit of action. Um, Live by Night. Not good. Didn't you like that? Not really. I didn't mind that. No. It's a bit different, isn't yeah. it? Like the, it's a. That's drama, the that's period the, piece. It's yeah. the old period piece where yeah. you've got the hats and shit. Yeah, in yeah. the in the south in yeah. in the thirties, whenever it was. Yeah. But uh, look, he's got coming up. He's got Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom in 2023. The Flash and Air. We he's playing Phil Knight in Air. Oh, is he Knight? So that, yeah, that's the one with with Matt oh, Damon and Jason Bateman. He's directing that. Yeah, right, cool. So uh, that's out this year. That'll be a good story. That'll be really good. Yeah. 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 He's a he's good. I like Ben Affleck. He's had his troubles. Yeah. You know, he's well, got a he, massive phoenix tattoo on his back because it's like he's ro- he's risen from the ashes again. After he really, yeah, but he's a mad alcoholic. Yeah, he yeah. was, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, he went off the rails for a while there and yeah, got it, got it back on. But, but yeah, look, he um, Brad Pitt was actually uh, considered mate, to play this role. Heaps of people considered for this role. Oh, mate, 
Um, yeah, John Hamm was seriously considered for it. He, I think John Hamm would have been great. John Hamm would have been good at this. Yeah. yeah. I actually think he may have been better than Ben Affleck. Well, he could have been. Yeah. What about you, Morgs? You're a big John Hamm man. Yeah, I was just having a little moment actually watching the movie in my head with John Hamm in it in the role. Yeah, in the, what, the shower scene, the shower was, scene. It wouldn't have, wouldn't have been able to do as good side dick as as Affleck, but no, he would. Twenty fourteen, John Hamm was smack bang in the middle of Mad Men, which was yeah. you know prestige TV as it, it gets. So yeah, yeah but I, I'm with you guys. I think that would have been, uh, if not a better film, definitely uh, an equal. Um, John Hamm would have been excellent. Could have done the the nuance. So what what I really liked about Ben Affleck's performance, though, was it you kind of you brushed over it a bit, Gal, in, in looking at his filmography. But this guy fell off a cliff as far as yeah. like Geely and Jersey Girl, and he had some sh- absolute shockingly bad films. And meanwhile, his private life was splashed all over the um, the interwebs when he was uh, his first time going around with J Lo, and he just came across as a big tool bag. So he was he was stone cold there for uh, for some time. So it wasn't really until uh, looking at probably uh coming out and and this film was probably one of the the first that that really started him back on the straight trajectory to uh to to back to the top of hollywood so i'll, I'll take a bit of a look into this in film school for f-wits this week yeah. where I, well just, you're right um, like the the early noughts who's no good but then the town and then obviously argo in 2012 that's where he started gone yeah. baby gone yeah, he gone directs gone baby gone, yeah, gone which baby is gone. a cracker that's right now he comes back strong I mean, you could argue with the batman he's he's gone again so it's uh, it's definitely been <laughs> a bit of a topsy turvy ride for for ben affleck but no this this was definitely a a great period for him coming off the, off the back of the town and uh, into but, argo but interestingly his. john ham was up for was a top contender for the role of batman in batman versus superman a bit of sliding doors with those two. Yeah. He's got the chin. Yeah. He's definitely got the chin. But Ben Affleck directed him in the town as well. So yeah. he was in that with yeah, him. He plays so. the FBI agent. Yes. Real cock. Um, all right. Rosamund Pike uh, made her feature film debut as Miranda Frost in Die Another Day in 2002. The, the, the worst James Bond of all time. The one with the snow and the windsurfing, uh, parachuting surfing scene with Pierce Brosnan. It's yeah. horrendous. Mm. Not good. No. no, she was only 23 when she made that one. Yeah. But uh, look, Pride and Prejudice, 2005, Burning Palms in 2010, the autobiography of Whitey's life. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Wrath of the Titans, 2012, Jack Reacher, good movie. Good movie. I, I watched, like, I watched I like that the that, other night. Yeah. Watched that the other night. Yeah. Uh, Gone Girl, then the, the, the Negotiator. Yep. In 2014. Uh, 2018, I should say. Not, not not the Kevin Spacey, not Samuel L. Jackson one. Yes, yep. the other one. And then she was in State of the Union, which was a TV series. She won an Emmy for that. Yeah. Ten episodes she did of that. She's a pretty good actress. Yeah. She's very good in this movie. She's got a very difficult part, I think. Oh, well, it's yeah, she's got to play two different sort of characters, yeah. doesn't she? Yeah. She does that change really well. Yeah, it's there's so much going on under the surface. Yes. She's very, very good. But yeah, beat out uh, Alicia Silverstone and Sophie Ellis Baxter for the role in Die Another Day, and for this role she beat out Natalie Portman, Charlize Theron, Emily Blunt, Olivia Wilde, and Reese Witherspoon, which we'll get to later. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon held the rights, right? Yeah, that's right. This is where Reese. I think Reese Witherspoon went on a tear where she essentially held the rights for nearly mm. every single book because she's yeah. she's she's holds the rights for so much stuff. Well, that was it. Well, she looked in. She wanted to play this role, yeah. and then she sat down with David Fincher and realised she probably wasn't 
yeah. the right person for I, this I think role. they made a really good choice. I think it's good that they didn't go with someone like a Natalie Portman or someone with a high profile. I think it's yeah. good to have someone with it's a bit unknown. Yeah, no, I think it worked well in yeah. this. Yeah. He's good. I like her. Neil Patrick Harris. Barney Stinson. Barney Stinson. Doogie Howser. Doogie, there there you the, go. Two of the biggest pop icons in the last 40 years. Yeah. And he plays both of them. Yep. Yep. But uh, look, he was, first movie was Clara's Heart with Whoopi Goldberg in 1988. He, he's a true triple threat, Neil Patrick Harris. He is, no, he's, Stage he's, actor, he's singer. a quadruple threat. Yeah. He can do everything. Yeah. He's yeah. very, very talented. Yeah. Magician. Talented. He's a magician as well. Oh, mate. He's got everything. He's legend. Dairy. Wait for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, Starship Troopers in 97. Oh, my God. As the general. As when general when are we doing Starship Troopers? Oh, cracking movie. We've got to do that soon. But yeah, A Million Ways to Die in the West. Oh, mate, he sings that song about the moustache. You've got yeah. to have a stash. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Seth MacFarlane yes. is the man. But yeah, look, there's a few other people in this movie. I'll be Kim Dickens as Detective Boney. She's amazing. Yeah, she's really good in this movie. Yeah, she's excellent. She's um, she's been in quite a few movies. She was in um, Great Expectations. She's a dropout. with Ethan Hawke and Gwyneth Paltrow. Zero Effect with Bill Pullman and Ben Stiller. Mercury Rising. Yep. That's um, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis and, um, and Alec Baldwin. Our girls have penises and girls have vaginas and boys have penises. That from kid Kindergarten Cop. That's the kid in Mercury Rising. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Oh, really? Boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she was on Deadwood. Did uh, did a heap of stuff on Deadwood for three years. She's in the Blind Side, um, and then Fear the Walking Dead. She's done uh, yeah. quite a few seasons of that as well. Yeah, she was in Tremay. She's been heaps of stuff. Yeah, yeah. She's a good actor. She's excellent in this movie. Uh, yeah, and then Carrie Coon, who played Margot Dunn, uh, Ben Affleck's sister. I really like Don't. Carrie Coon. I think she's another. I think, and I'm not going to ruin it, but I think she's great in this movie as well. She's really good. Yeah, she plays a pivotal part in yep. the movie. Yeah, um, but she's, was, the, she's the emotional core of the movie. I yep. think she's the one. Well, she's she's the, the only one that shows emotion. Well, really, yeah. yeah. But you know, she's duped by a brother as well. Yeah, you know, still yeah. while still looking out for him. Yeah. But look, yeah, that was her first big movie in 2014. But then she's in another one in 2017 called Izzy Gets the Fuck Across Town. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like it could be a porno. Um, but it's actually called A Woman at Rock Bottom Must Find Her Way Across Los Angeles in Order to Crash Her Ex-Boyfriend's Engagement Party. Okay. Gives you an idea of what that movie might be like. Yeah, fair enough. But she was in the third season of Fargo. That's the season with uh, Ewan McGregor. Yep. She's in uh, The Sinner. She's excellent in The Sinner. She's she's in the new Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, she was in Afterlife, yep. yep. She's She plays one of, uh, in The Avengers, she plays one of the... Proximus, the uh, Thor's yep. or Thanos's henchmen, henchwomen. She's she's so good. She's amazing. Yeah. She's actually married to Tracy Letts. So he's Jack McKinney on Winning Time. Remember the coach? Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's right. her husband. Okay. There you go. But apart from that, look, we got Tyler Perry as well. Had a, had a smaller role in this as Tanner Bolt, the lawyer. He's good in this too. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's good for, for the role that he has. He's more known for being a director and yes. of all black ensembles. The Medea, the Medea. Yep. All the Medea. Stuff, yeah. There's heaps of them. He dresses he's, up as a woman all the time. It's directed and produced so many yeah. of those. He's yeah. he's like, he's one of the most, I think he's one of the richest or highest box office earners. Yeah. Because he's just done so many movies. Yep. He's niche. in Don't Look Up as well. Very niche. And Plays Alex Cross. Yes. He played yeah. Alex Cross as well. Yeah. And apart from that, just Emrata. 
Why do I know you'd want to oh my God. bring her up? Well, look, Emily Ratajkowski, it's her first acting go and she steals the, steals everything. Steals the movie for steals you? Steals the movie. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> and I know we'll probably get to it and listen to this, but he, she came very highly recommended by Ben Affleck. She came highly recommended, <laughs> yeah. And if I was Ben Affleck, I'd be highly recommending her to David Fincher as well. But yeah, anyway, that's the cast. We'll we'll leave yeah. it there. Yeah, no, you don't need to go any further. What about the box office scale? How did it go? All right. Here we go. So, one hundred sixty-seven point seven million domestically for a total of three sixty-nine million worldwide on a sixty-one million dollar budget. Yeah, so it was a blockbuster. Yeah, and and mate, pull back, pull back a lot of money. I mean, that's huge. I got to say, twenty fourteen is a good year. Yeah, mate, oh. it's it's not the best year. But it's a good year. Well, here we go. And look, we've done some of the, I'll call this a later movie, but let's look at the top movies here. And, and you know, grossing movies. Transformers, Age of Extinction, 1.1 billion. Terrible. The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies, 940 million. It's the best of a bad trilogy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Amazing. The Hunger Games. Yeah, Mocking J Part One. Yep. Yep. Maleficent, 758 million. X Men Days of Future Past, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. So so the first nine movies in that year are all franchise movies. Yep. It's not until you get to Interstellar at number 10 is the first original script. That's Chris right. Chris Nolan, brilliant, made seven, nearly $700 million as, an, as like an yep. original. Well, Gone Girl was number 19, but, but uh, American Sniper was up there too in number 13. It's a good movie. Yeah, good, really good movie. But look, for awards, Birdman was got – Sort of scooped that year. Best picture, best director, uh, best original screenplay. Eddie Redmayne got best actor for The Theory of Everything, the part about Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking, yeah. Julianne Moore got best actress for Still Alice. And yeah, that, that's really it. So that, look, that shows it all. Yeah, good year. Some really good movies come out in 2014, like Edge of Tomorrow, which is one I think we're going to get to. Tom Cruise, it's a great movie. Finished just ahead of Gone Girl. In the box office, which I don't know if it's a better movie than Gone Girl, but it's really good. If you haven't seen Edge of Tomorrow, get onto it. Okay. Anything for pop culture? What about you, Dan? What were you doing in 2014? Uh, I was. So I, I thought it was still 2014 until I looked up this movie, but <laughs> I was um, I was fairly heavily into my Nitro Circus career at that stage. So I was travelling in the world and getting into adventures with. 80 or so of the biggest lunatics, uh, action sport, heavyweight hitters like myself going around. So that was uh, that was interesting. Spent a lot of time in 2014 in the States and in Europe just uh, getting into adventures and shit. But I, I thought for me, 2014, you, you mentioned movies and I, I don't know that I agree with the first 10 that you mentioned in that 2014 because they were all franchise fucking movies that just – Made me snooze, but you did mention a few in there that um, that were definitely good. But for television, I thought actually 2014 was quite a good year. So the, the original True Detective was released in 2014. Yeah, with, um, that was good. Great, Matthew series. McConaughey and uh, and and Woody Harrelson. So uh, which was and looking at the subsequent goes in at, at True Detective, which were, were pretty shite. Um, that was bloody excellent. But um, other like House of Cards was having a good run there. Did you guys get into BoJack Horseman? Yeah, Bojack Horseman's funny. Yeah, it's it's really worth funny. a look worth a look if we if you have an animated series, Will Arnett voices a uh, a washed up horse actor. It's it's <laughs> hard to explain, but check it out. 
Mm. Um, Fargo, where uh, Tim Tim from The Office was starring in that Fargo at that time. Parks and Recreation was going strong. Do you guys get into The Leftovers? No, not no. really. Carrie Coon stars in The Leftovers. Yeah, look, it's really – it, it's another one. The book was was outstanding and it was, it's really difficult because it's uh, – it's it's uh, I don't want to spoil it because it is worth looking at if uh, if you come across it F wits but it's really hard to finish off that series well. So after setting it up, it's a bit like Lost. Remember Lost had everyone scandalised yeah. for five or six years, and the ending was just completely completely shit. It was all just a dream. Like give me a break. Like you've invested that much time and energy into uh, watching a series, and then they just ham fistedly. Finishing off, it's uh, it's it wasn't, very annoying. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't a dream, but I think they were yeah. in purgatory. Sorry, I meant yeah. they were in purgatory, but it was yeah. But it's the same thing. It's the it same a, thing. It was a cop out, is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, it was. Just, yeah. I, I I was a ardent lost follower. Yeah, and was on the edge of my seat for all the seasons, and got to the end and was like, yeah, right yeah, on, okay. No, really, really yeah. poor wind up. Anyway, Kills what itself. do you do? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and then we we talked about John Hamm, but Mad Men was very much into its uh, into into a really superb season of 2014. So I don't think I saw as many movies as you cats did in 2014, but I was certainly locked in heavily into uh, into several TV shows, and that uh, took up a lot of my time. There was a really good TV series which came out, which is uh, from a a book from Guillermo del Toro called The Strain. Uh, it was Guillermo del Toro and a guy called uh, Chuck Hogan wrote a vampire trilogy called The Strain, and the series came out. It's not bad. It's not bad. The books are great. Did you like, remember that vampire stuff? Remember that, the books, books are we really excellent. like that, that trilogy, yeah, the, the Passage trilogy. Yeah, the Passage. We, yeah. Did they ever? The third they, one was rough. The third one was. Rough. I, did, I didn't finish it. Did we? Yeah, I didn't finish did it. Did they make either. it? Did it end up coming to the screen? They made a TV series. They made a TV yeah. series with um, Zach from Saved by the Bell. Oh my uh, god! I'm pretty sure it's him. Is is uh, the lead? But and, and it's not bad, but it's a shame. Like first book was outstanding. Second book passage, was good. The passage, yeah, and then was great. third book I, I couldn't finish. So yeah, yeah, it was the passage, and then the, was it the twelve or something? I don't know. But the, the twelve. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, the passage is amazing. Great yeah, book. Really, I remember, really you good gave book. me that book to read. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, twenty fourteen. I got a, I got a bit of music culture, Morgan. I know you like the Aussie. Singles, I do. So, so I got I got you this for 2014. Number one, I'm going to go through a couple of songs here. Number one was "Happy" by Pharrell Williams. Yeah. Number two was "All About That Bass" by Megan Trainer. <laughs> Number three was "Shake It Off" by Taylor Swift. Bloody hell! The music's died. It's done. Number four is "Geronimo" it's by Shepard. I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> what is it? Geronimo so by Shepard. Geronimo. Say, oh, that's, Geronimo. Yeah, yeah. Say, oh, is that that? Geronimo. They're from Brisbane. Yeah, shit song. And, and Stay With Me by Sam Smith was up there too. Won't you oh. stay with me? I don't even know yeah. if that's the song. I think it might be. Oh. Have you seen Sam Smith lately? Yes. He's, really he's, skinny, in Australia. he's been in Australia. Yeah. He's in Australia? Yeah, he's been doing he's some been concerts. He's been licking shitters. To suck up a bit of viral infection so that he can shed a few kgs. Needs to. <laughs> All right. Have you got any more, Gal? Uh, no. no. <laughs> the music has died. Don McLean has, has announced it. It's all on. Okay, question time. Got a few here for you, actually. Uh, there's a bit to unpack. So do we think that the end, well, this was always going to happen. Do you think she was? this was the plan all along? From from Amy, or was it just that 
him cheating tipped her over the edge. Oh, you mean plan all along as in when she's married him? No, I think it's, it's, if that's the question, it's part of the movie because he obviously becomes disinterested in her and then, you know, she knows that he's cheating. Eventually she does though. Eventually only does. once, only once he goes to Missouri does he yes, cheat. But I think that they're moving to Missouri. Everything's already falling apart. And then yeah. he basically said, we're moving to Missouri. But do you, do you think she, do you think she plans her death if he doesn't cheat? Um, I think, oh, I don't know. She had form. I think, she I had think, form with the with Scoot McNeary. Well, we found, right, <laughs> Chip Chip McNeary, Scoot McNeary, the ex boyfriend. Yep. You got well, maybe right. look, but yeah. What no. do you think, Dan? What, what's what's anything in the book? They both presented this um, fictionalized version of each other when they met. And they played that game where they they just uh, they decided that they create the boyfriend role and the girlfriend role out of the two of them, and she became cool girl, and he came up to her level according to her. And so, no, I think that's what she bought into. And she thought, oh, okay, well, this is the role I'm going to play for the rest of my life. But no, when he found uh, out, when, when he's lost his job and he started playing Xbox and buying laptops to laptop and, and <laughs> nuzzling Ed, Emily Ratajkowski's cannage, I think that that's when she decided, no, that's right, I'm gonna, I've am gonna, i got form here. I'm going to concoct this and, and yeah. get the fuck out. She, yeah. yeah, but she already had that underneath, right? But she, she did concoct it oh, from there, but she was... She was sinister. She was psycho she was before sinister. that, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so the big question. I can almost forgive Nick for his moment of intimacy with uh, the Mennonite on his sister's couch. But do you really fall asleep? Like, don't you just get... Isn't it wham, bam, thank you, ma'am? Couple times, push her out the door... Do you fall asleep nuzzling on the bed on the on the lounge? How dumb is that? Yeah, not good from him. Like, if he's, especially when you see what you know what it's going to cost him. Yeah, he's trying to keep secret. Yeah, one of my favourite cringeworthy moments is not long after that when his sister's getting stuck into him, and she suggests that maybe they should have got a hotel room, and he says that oh, Amy would have seen the charges on the credit card. Yeah. Why didn't you use hers? Because that goes straight to her parents. Parents. Yeah. <laughs> she says, ooh. Ooh. Yeah. She's, no, she's so good. Mate, she's he, so good. He's a fuckwit. Like he is, and there's, I've put yeah. this up more in good, bad, and ugly. But yeah, he's a he's a dipshit. Like it's, yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of character traits that, yes, you would think that someone would be smart enough to move on your side piece before anyone woke up. But uh, no, oh, he's, he's so not that right. Hmm. Okay, so the money belt. So when she drops it, surely when she goes back to her room, she's splitting the money, she's hiding the money, she's not just carrying it on her. The people she's living with are dead shits, right? But surely you're doing you're not just having it on yourself. You know, you know what's coming. I thought the same thing. The only the only I gave her a bit of a pass on this because she didn't grow up anywhere in their world. So I think that she probably hadn't been exposed to people that were desperate like that. Yeah. That would come in and, and rob her blind. I think that, that that's the only reason I would let her character get away with that. But yeah, any other normal fucking human on earth would have gone, Righto, I'll leave fifty bucks in there and the rest is getting chucked all around the room. Yeah. I I think that once, once they knew she had the cash, even if she just hidden it somewhere, they're going to beat it out of her. Yeah, pro- right. so, probably. So they come in with bad intentions, and I think I was thinking if she's hidden this, they're going to they're going to belt her until she coughs it up. Absolutely. But she might have coughed up half of it. I want to get to the bad because I want to talk more about her money belt and the money. Yeah, when for we sure. Get to bad. <laughs> sure. What? Well, sorry, okay. back to the the boyfriend though. Uh, the or the um the the co robber of her in the in the cabin wasn't he the yep. dude out of Narcos? 
Yeah, Boyd Holbrook the dude. is his name. Yeah, yeah he's Boyd awesome. Holbrook. He's, I like him. I think he's mm. a superstar in the making. He yeah. just keeps getting into shit movies. Yeah, like he was he's in a the bit... new Predator. He seems to be. He was in. Or he was in Logan. He was excellent in Logan. But then he was in the new Predator, which he's good in it. But the movie's not great. I mm. think if he's given the right vehicle, he could be a superstar. I really like Boyd Holbrook. Yeah, he's so. Great. There was also um, Patrick uh, Fugit, the cop. Fugit, yeah, yeah Patrick Fugit from Almost Famous. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't recognise him. Yeah, like he's growing up. So he hasn't he was done great. anything since. It was, no, it, was, it, was a good, it was a good role, wasn't? Yeah, yeah not, he was not a lot of he, he didn't get he was much. Good. Yeah, she got it. She got it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you ever, if you're Ben Affleck, do you ever sleep properly again? Oh no. How do you go to sleep? I love is, when she comes home and he sits in the chair with the cat. I'm thinking that would be me every night of my life. This is one of the the bits of the book and the movie that I really liked was, and it just shows that they're both fucked up narcissistic units. So he goes through this all this shit, and yet it takes just the tiny bit of influence, and he's like, oh, "Okay, I'm going to hang around now." Like, yeah, he knows exactly that old mate died with a box cutter, and that other old mate was framed for rape and had to go on a uh, sex offender's register for the rest of his life old scoop McNeary. yeah it's it's i think it's a really interesting part of the book and and definitely you you're either in two schools in this i think you think amy's the fucking psychopath or you think affleck's the psychopath uh, yeah. in the movie and it, it's a bit well, of they, a it's, it's neck and neck for me they both get what they want in the end which is yeah. fame and fortune right essentially so they just want they want the fortune well see i look as if he got stuck because she comes back and he's in a no win sort of to go well i can't he says he's going to tell everyone, and then she's like, "You're not going to do that." Yeah, but he could have. He, 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 he could have off France. He didn't want to. He didn't want to get off. No. no. Well, that's the thing. He could have just walked yeah. and gone. Yep, we're out. We're out. And she's back now, so everything he's done's irrelevant. You didn't kill her. Well, that's right. Move he's, on. he's gone then. Yeah, he's off the hook. Yeah. Okay. Last question. I think it's probably the most important one. Do we think Ben Affleck is a shower or a grower? Which one is he? Because I'm telling you, that side dick in the shower, if he's a grower, wow, J-Lo. This has really got you intrigued, doesn't it? It does. I, it blew me away. I hadn't really recognized it much until this this watch. Yeah, I didn't. It wasn't on my version. Or I, or I really? See it. Yeah. I, either you I weren't did, looking. No, I probably wasn't You are probably looking at Rosamund Pike. <laughs> Maybe I was. I was trying. I was just trying to make it interesting for later on when we do Morgan's Quickfire. Right. Yeah. Yes. I think that if he was a grower, we would have heard rumours about him like we do about the other large uh, King Brown actors yes. in Hollywood. Yeah, so, yeah, Big I, Liam. I, Big I Liam. think he's um, it, he's definitely been slapping that around a bit to get the blood flowing. <laughs> oh, there was definitely some blood, not just on Rosamund Pike, that's for sure. <laughs> okay. Now it's time to move into the categories, and now it is... Good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to start with the man on the land. Dan, what do you got for good? Uh, good. I've actually written down good for good. Rosamond Bike, Ben Affleck, David Fincher, Kim Dickens, Patrick Fugit, Tyler Berry, Gillian Flynn, The Score, Trent Reznor and Atticus Finch, especially when old mate Doogie Howser gets killed with the Stanley knife. Um, yeah, I, I really, really good parts of this. I thought that. All of the talent were excellent. You met, you singled out Kim Dickens earlier, and I totally agree. I've been a big fan of hers for a long time. Loved her in Treme, especially. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought okay. that everything was cast brilliantly and uh, particularly the score was good. So 
lots and lots of good for me. Yeah. What about you, G-Man? Look, yeah, cast was really good. I like the double twist. We hit on it earlier. I, I did like the way they did that where you, you're thinking Ben Affleck is the biggest dick in the world here and all this stuff that he's done is coming unraveled and then you realise that she's in on it. And the fact that they don't wait till the end of the movie, but then they twist it again when she comes back in. So I, I remember watching it the first time and thinking, wow, that's a, that's a good double turn in here. I quite like that. Um, some more stuff on that in bad, but uh, excellent. But yeah, I did like that double twist. Yeah, yeah it's very clever. And the way they handled it. Yeah, I think I think Kim Dickens as as Ronda and what a name, Detective Ronda Boney. Yeah, good name. Uh, Carrie Coon as Margot Dunn are excellent. Yep, both of them for different reasons, uh, but are excellent. And I agree, the whole cast is great, but I think they're standouts for me. I, I love I love the bit when when Amy returns and they're in the hospital. And Boney looks at uh, Nick and says, um, you know, what do you think? And and Affleck looks at him and goes, pals again. And she goes, well, yeah, now that I know you didn't kill your wife. Yeah. Right? It's, I'm just like, that is so fucking good. So slick. Uh, Fincher is just incredible. This book must have been a nightmare to adapt with all the time changes, different perspectives. Must have been so difficult. And it's so seamless. What he does is so seamless. It's actually not difficult to follow where it really could have been in, I think in less hands, you can get lost in the in the twists and the turns, but he's just so good and just it's so subtle what he does. I think that's it, you know, when they twist it because halfway through they they turned it, they go to through Nick Dunn's side and then they go yeah. to Amy's side yeah. and that's that handles it really well. Yeah. And I guess that's what I was getting at because they, they turn that back and you go, oh, okay, I see what's, all this stuff was going on behind the scenes yeah. that you didn't know about that you're getting you know, that second view of. I had the score as well. Every Fincher movie, the score is next level great. Uh, I love the Sharon Sheba interview. I love the aftermath of that and the back and forth between Margot and Nick where they're like slapping the high fives and he's like, you know, Amy brings that out in me and and she, yeah, I think that's really mm. cool. I, I, I thought what was really good was that Tanner Bolt believed him from minute one, right? And maybe just because he's a lawyer and he's going to defend him and he wants to believe him, but straight away, there's no there's no question about it. He's believing that his wife's a psychopath. Oh, he straight went straight away. on TV and goes, he's got a case. Yeah. Call yep. me. Straight basically. away. Straight away. I just love the return when 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 she whispers, you fucking bitch. Yeah. Uh, and seriously, Desi's Lake House, could it be the best house ever yeah. committed to cinema? It's pretty good. It is unbelievably good. He had a lot of cameras up in that a place. A lot of cameras. Yeah. Well, he's a freak, and we'll yeah. get to him later. Coming soon. Desi the freak. All right. Well, what about bad? And we'll start with you, Gao, seeing you've, you've, you're chomping at the bit. Yeah, a little bit because I like the double twist and this movie goes for two and a half hours. 2.39. 2.39. And then the whole, my bad, the whole storyline at the end. So they spend all this time setting it up. They go through what Nick's done or allegedly done and then what Amy's done and we know that she's manipulated all of this. And then she gets back and the cops just believe her and she says, yeah, this stuff happened. and It wraps up fast. And, and it just gets wrapped up. So we're two and a half hours of movie and it gets wrapped up in 10 minutes and the and Boney's trying to trying to throw a few points at there, and that's everyone just great. Goes, I love that. Yeah, and they all just go, no, 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 she's done. And I don't, they didn't explore any of that, and everyone just took her story on word, and they didn't seem to go back and check Barney Stinson's house for. But they, but she only films cameras. the she only films the one scene where she pretends to be raped, and and then the camera and that, and it's yeah, I found that. Surely they go back and watch all the other stuff. There's days of it, and he says to her, yeah. oh, we, with the first day we got here, they would have seen her walk in. They they would have seen that he wasn't there any of the yeah. other days, and she yeah. says that he kidnapped me straight away. Like 
where was she for that? Like the, all of that is just unexplained. So to me, it's just like they've spent so much time setting this up, but then they just covered over all of this so quickly. Yeah, it does get it does get wrapped up really yeah. fast. It does. The the other part of it was and getting back to the money belt. What was her whole plan? Now originally, I know that she said she's going to blame for all this. Then she's going to kill herself. I'm going to find myself washed up on a beach, and then she decides, no, you're in the wrong, and I'm going to make you pay. And why should I? And she decides not to. She remember she takes her takes the, yep. the well, she's winning because she's, she's winning because she's winning. Yeah. But she only had a few thousand dollars in cash, however, however much she had in the money belt. And when they take that offer, she's like, that's it. Rings the ex-boyfriend. But was Desi always the play? Well, maybe. So I, I think, think Desi so. might have always been the play. It was just brought forward. So I think that she was going to okay. – She was. he was next on the list, the lake house. She was going to kill him anyway Have and sort of get all – or maybe just move on to the next and use him for his money or yep. whatever. Because she's destitute. She got no money. Mum and dad took the money. Well, I know, but that's what I mean. Because she was going to, she took her name off the list and she had the money and she was obviously going to keep that money until, until it ran out. And then yeah. I don't know what her plan was. She's plastered all over the TV everywhere yeah. and she's going to try and somehow get back into society. So yeah. that was, to me, it was sort of not explained. And yeah, maybe that's what she was thinking of doing. But I, I, I know that when I, I'm pretty sure if I ever go into hiding, I'm going to have to do more than dye what little hair I have, mousy brown put a pair of glasses on and wear a fat suit. The fat suit's bad. I've got the fat suit in bad. It's a bad fat yeah. suit. And she seems to put on like, for her, probably 15 kilos overnight. Yeah. Uh, just because she's eating cheeseburgers and chips in the car on a trip, on one trip. She goes from being like a size four to mm. a size 20. Yeah, they kind of accelerated that yeah. part too. But yet again, one of the timing yeah. things, it doesn't yeah. quite add up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, anyway, that, that's my bad. Okay, what about you, Dan? We mentioned it before, Affleck, how fucking dumb he was uh, with, with a lot of his decisions. But the biggest fucking as-if-you-would moment for Affleck was when he's out the front of uh, the bar and he decides that oh would my be God. A, a good idea to pash Andy with a big cannage out the front of his bar. Like, it's a little little town. He's known yeah. as the owner of the bar who's got a miso yeah. Down the street, like yes, I mean the guy's a dick, and the character's a dick, obviously. But uh, yeah, that was that combined with his decision to let Andy sleep over were uh, were definitely proof that he wasn't the brightest of uh, of of fiends. But what about the smile at the at the vigil? Like who smiles? Yeah, yeah. When you get yeah. your photo taken in front of your wife, your missing wife's photo, like you don't smile, and then you don't take a selfie with some low hanging fruit. <laughs> Cougar, that's obviously just after a bit of side dick, and to cook her in a lasagna, and like, and then he's trying to, I want it back. Sorry, mate, you can't put the fart back in the ass once you've let it go. Like you're done. And hence the the debate: who's the biggest knob in this in this movie? Is it yeah. Amy or is it or is it Nick? It's um yeah no agree. It's so a healthy debate. That's my bad. Okay, I've got Desi in general. Okay, he's a needy fuck. I'm not going to pressure you, right? She's gone through all this stuff and on night one, he's like, I'm not going to pressure you, but you've come back to me. Chill, Desi. Chill. Yeah, he right? was he was creepy weird. He was creepy weird, right? Then when the play's on and she's like within three days and she's back to herself, oh, what will make you feel better is dyeing your hair back, becoming who you were, the person that I remember, right? When she says, let's go to Greece, and he says, octopus and scrabble, 
I want to reach through the television and headbutt him to death. <laughs> they are not the two things I'm thinking about. When a 10 is going to me, let's go to Greece. I'm not thinking octopus and Scrabble. I'm not thinking about talking about opera and all these sonatas. No, I'm thinking about the world-class vagina. (laughs) Desi is the pits. Yeah, Desi sucks. Desi sucks. Okay. A small, like a very small role, but a very odd character. Not much development there, is it? So you just. Do they say much earlier in the movie about him and his and his weird? No, they weirdness? just talk about how he broke. She broke up with him, and he yeah. sort of went a bit psycho and was sending him. You know, the art of letter writing. We've not forgotten the art of letter writing. Yeah, no, that's because you're a dick, Desi. Yeah. You're a stalker. I do like a bit of the pretentiousness. It's um, it, it does strike a chord, but yeah. He's when he a- when he fir- when they first come in the house, he picks up the iPad and he's like Netflix. <laughs> and I'm like, shut up, Desi. Yeah. It is an all time pad. He's. Oh, yeah, I love the, the lake house. Yeah, he's worth a box cutter for that lake house. I'll give you the tip. Okay, I'm going straight into ugly because I've just mentioned it before. Yep. And although Amy may have a world-class vagina, she's hard work. She's massively hard work. She's hard work. The treasure hunts, that's not romance. That's a pain in the ass. That really is. Just give me my fucking presents. Right? No Ooh. wonder he's got the shits because everything seems to be this elaborate fake Act, but that's it. As Morg said, that's the parts they're playing. Like we're not going to, you know, they kept saying it. We're not going to be those people. I'm not going to be that person, am I? Like, yeah, that's the part she's playing. Yeah, and so when she, she's, she's I, living, she's living that life. Yeah, I just want to punch us in the yeah. face. Well, mate, me, me too, Amy. Yeah. I want to punch in the face too. All right, gag and only for ugly. No, we've covered pretty much everything for me. I, I Man? got one. Yeah, I got one. So it, it might. It, uh, you, you, you mentioned this earlier, but uh, I, so Affleck sitting there. Finch has called him into a script reading and he's uh, he's reading through this and he's thinking, Andy, Andy. <laughs> and the script um, the script says, nuzzles big cans on couch. And he's like, David, I know just the person for this role. Like, what a freak Ben Affleck yeah. is to suggest Emily Ratajkowski for this role. And she looks yeah. young in this she, film. She, well, so, she's, she's young. She's young mm, in this. Super like- young. Super creepy Ben Affleck. Shame on you, Ben Affleck. Yeah, go and watch. Go and Dave, Davo. Hey, Davey, go and watch Alan Thicke's son's song, Blurred Lines, <laughs> which is the most Blurred unwoke line. cancel culture. You know you want it. Film clip ever recorded in the history of film clips, <laughs> and I reckon the bird with the with the huge cans and the long brown hair <laughs> be perfect for Andy. Can, I can, she act, I can, can she act, Ben? Oh, fuck knows. Who cares? All she's <laughs> got to do is flop those whoppers out. Hands out. <laughs> oh, oh, mate. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty ugly, but um, yeah, so, I've got a good result on screen. So she was born in 91. Wow. Was... Well, there you go. She's 23. She's, 20, she's 23. I did that quick. Yeah, quick. You've come a long way. I've come a long way. Oh. 38, 39 episodes. Let's take it for that. 39 episodes. All right. Well, I think that's enough. Now we're going to move into Morgz's quick fire. What are we going to do? Are we going to lick outs this week or what? We'll get to them. We'll get to oh, them. Oh, God. Um, there's so many rules. We, remember, we said that this would be the summer we didn't have rules. <laughs> <laughs> quick fire F points. This is where we go through a few categories and just riff off the top of our heads. Uh, the first one is the scene that is most like or is anything like. That's not a knife from the wonderful Crocodile Dundee that may have crossed over into popular culture. Anything from this that 
we would repeat or that you would notice. I'm going to say nothing for me that nothing stood for out. Me. Yeah, Gow. Nothing. It's no, no nothing really that, that uh, yeah, sort of crosses that. Not at all. It's blank for me. There's yeah. nothing. And, and, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, that's a no, good thing. Agreed. I think next category, we changed the name from last week. So, but I can't think <laughs> what Constanza's name is in Pretty Woman. Oh, Phil Stuckey. Phil, Phil Stuckey. Stuckey. So the Phil uh, Phil Stuckey Award for the biggest douchebag in the film. So, uh, I mean, Desi definitely <laughs> is up there for me. Yeah. Affleck. The neighbour. Amy. The neighbour. The neighbour. The neighbour. Yeah, there's, some, there's, some, yeah, there's the, plenty of yeah, them. There's definite a few douches in there. But, uh, yeah, for me, I think it's Desi. It's got to be Desi, surely. Yeah. He's just, he's bad on so many levels. Agreed. Uh, the cast of Caddyshack. For actor or actors that uh, think they're in another movie, uh, I think Desi. I think um, uh, Doogie Howser was definitely uh, Neil Patrick Harris was a strange choice for this role, but okay, it kind of works because we're discussing him as quite the dick, and he's he, yeah. could, he could be a character that you feel sorry for because he did get box cut in the throat, but instead we don't because he's he's pretty peculiar and pretentious and and just a bit of a knob. So. Um, but he he feels like he's in the right movie, though. I don't think there's anyone that uh, I feel like that tonally everyone seems to be aligned in this as far as the I think past. the I think that the neighbors the she's out of a depth. I think yeah. I think that they could have got. I know she's such a she's actually quite a pivotal part mm. because she's the she's she's, she's Amy's voice from yeah. the grave, right? Yeah. But she's a. I think she's a little out of a depth. Against everyone else who's like, you know, crushing it. Yeah. You mean yeah. as an actor? As an actor. As I just actor, think she's yeah. a little out of a depth. But as for being in a different movie, maybe not. No. I just think she's out. She's the one that feels the most out of a depth. Yep. Do yeah. not disagree. Like when you've got Scoot McNary, who's a quality actor playing in a five-minute scene mm. and sort of tears the house down. Yeah. And then the other and the other sort of, you know, she's just a bit out. But anyway. Okay. Good yeah. don't disagree. Uh, Ripley running for, based on Sigourney Weaver's pivotal role in Aliens where she can't run for shit. Any other poor show of athletic prowess in Gone Girl? Mini golf. Mini golf. And it's and it's not Amy because she gets the hole in one, then drops the drops the money belt. Yeah. But it's Boyd Holbrook's terrible swing with the putter behind as she's as uh, as she's going oh, to get the ball out of the hole, spot. and he's, he's taking a swing. It's terrible. Old boy, it's not was, out of place in Caddyshack. He was a <laughs> he was a theatre kid for sure. He was. He was definitely. Sport. He's not a was, sportsman. Wasn't on the golf team. No, really good spot no. there. Well done, Gao. Anyone else? No, that's it. Good I, I stuff. Don't have that. Uh, robot sentries again from the amazing Aliens director's cut for a scene that you'd love to see in a director's cut of this film that maybe explained a bit more. Why do you touched on it a bit earlier? I think that the the final third of the film really is rushed, and that's probably on reflection. One thing from the book which uh, isn't as, as as paramount is that they don't have to rush it because they've got the uh, the beauty of you just following along on the page. But was there anything that you didn't know about that you wanted to know more about? I, I would have liked them to have done a little bit more on Desi, as we talked about, just to understand that weird character because he just comes back into it and is just really odd, off, creepy sort of guy. They could have they could have explained that away a bit more because um, that's what I mean. Her parents talk about him a little bit, mm. but they probably could have gone a bit deeper with that. I think they needed to. Would have they had a lot of time in there for sure. The only other thing I think it would have helped was more Emrata. 
<laughs> it's a bit dark. I think the lighting could have been a bit better, Dave. Uh, a little bit more Emrata. Excellent. Well done. Yeah. Uh, that fi- leads me into the next one. Finally, why is Brad Pitt for the actor uh, or actors in the movie that you would most want to have a Nuna with? Now, I'm going to take Emily Ratajkowski out of the oh. voting for this one. So anyone else that really came across as uh, someone you might like to hit the, stri- the, the strike okay, so with- Even though I'm intrigued by Big Ben... Uh, I'm going to steer clear of him because he it, it sort of makes me quake in my boots a little bit. Uh, I, I'd give Amy a go. I think she's a good-looking woman. You know, uh, you know. Although there's no, there doesn't seem to be such thing as a one-night stand with Amy. Um, is she worth the throat slit? Eh, maybe not. Don't know. She's crazy. What about the cop? What about Detective uh, Boney? I'd probably go go before the cop. The sister. Yeah. So, I didn't mention this before, but we we talked about it midweek. Doesn't go look like the Australian actor Anna Torv? Who's and just, all from just, Last of Us. Just yeah. popped up in The Last of Us and uh, yeah. was also in Mindhunter and uh, is a yeah, fantastic Aussie fringe. actor. She's in fringe. Um, but yeah, looks remarkably like Carrie Coon. Definitely. Yes. 100%. Uh, but, yeah, good call. I think that there's uh, there's definitely some good-looking humans on both sides of the spectrum in in uh, Gone Girl. So, yeah, plenty of, uh, of, of Whitey's appreciative glances, especially <laughs> Benny's side dick. So good stuff, boys. Thank you. That's quick Okay, fire. well well done, Dan. Uh, another another cracking segment. Now we're going to move into Gow's favourite of the night. Listen to this. Well, what is that? That's the hourly dawn. Take it away, Gow. Am I up? You're up. Straight away. Where are you going to start? Oh, look, we, we well, I had a couple of things here. But we already sort of covered Reese Witherspoon and she had the rights to the movie uh, and then was going to star in it but realised she wasn't the right person. Um, the bar restaurant, after this movie, that became a real restaurant uh, and is still there in in Missouri. So obviously gained a bit of notoriety or a bit of a claim out of this. But, yeah, that's still uh, a restaurant exactly on the spot where it was. Um, another quick one was that uh, the character of Nick was supposed to wear a Yankees cap in one scene. Yeah. But uh, Ben Affleck is a Red Sox fan yeah, and refused absolutely. to wear it. So they had to uh they had to compromise on a Mets cap. That's that's the closest he could get him. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was this and I have got to go back to old uh, side dick, but this was Ben Affleck's first uh full frontal nude scene. And Fincher demanded that it happen. He said, nah, we've you've got to get it out. It's gonna show you vulnerability and you know. It can be no secrets. So he was like, yeah, whatever. And you can understand. He spent a few minutes in the trailer before moving up uh, before moving up the staircase. He was in the cat's bedroom first. <laughs> just, no, just like it was. With the fluffer. It was like after a game of footy. You got a bit of footy, Dick. You just need to get a, get a bit of blood back in it before you have the shower. <laughs> I think we, did we talk about this a few eps back? Ice hockey dick is the worst dick. Of all of them, have to be. I so I have to. Yeah, I I may have told this story previously, but me and Gow on our travels, Gow. I remember when we were in Canada and we played ice hockey with the Williams Lake Rustlers that night. And you and I had been practicing, so we thought we were pretty good. Well, at least we weren't complete muppets on the ice. But unfortunately, we spent the evening drinking like fish before we got on the ice and just made complete canuts of ourselves. But after the game, I remember just stripping off in the change room, as everyone did, and the stench from all the hockey gear was just like it was yeah. footy times 100. But 
I remember nooding up because I was so drunk and I was quite fine and looking down and there was this little thumbprint staring back up at me. <laughs> and Morley Wilson looked at me in the eye and then looked down at my car. And I just, it was like George Costanza in Seinfeld. I was like, no, 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 this isn't it. It was horrendous. It was like a belly button. It was horrendous. It was the mushroom it from was- Hangover too. <laughs> So, yes, anyway, ice hockey dick. The worst okay, well, you, you spent a lot of that summer nude anyway. So. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they were good times. That was just in response to the hockey dick, just to show that it actually wasn't that. Hey, guys. Look, guys, guys it's not like that. <laughs> hey, guys, look at this. Oh, gee, money. Okay, so uh, so apparently at David Finch's request, Rosamund Pike and Neil Patrick Harris spent two hours locked away rehearsing the sex scene yeah, on their own. Yeah. With a closed with no one else. So, so they, the, I, they didn't know what was well, I mean you you love the score as much as I do, but that music in when that yeah. scene is on, oh my God. Yeah. Trent Reznor, Atticus yeah. Fish Gal, you could have been Atticus Finch. Like you could have gone on to that sort of greatness if you hadn't chosen the path that you chose instead. Like music was your life there for the summer of what, 89, 90? Yeah. Well, that's when I went back and, you know, really got back into my music. But you're right, Morgs. I mean, I've been called the Bernie Taupin of my generation. You have. I think. You have. By Morgs. By Morgs. <laughs> yes, F. Uh, so on, on, uh, Sorry, you go. go, no, go. You go. no, no, no. I just, okay, so just keeping the musical theme that Ben Affleck was mad on set and would just constantly be singing 80 songs. Yep. So uh, Tyler Perry decided to have a bit of a championship and would just start singing songs. And Ben to see whether Ben Affleck could chime in and finish them off, and he finished every single song that Tyler Perry ever started. Affleck, even Broadway, everything. F- Affleck's a pop culture demon, and he's also yeah. he's We're a theatre kid as well. Like he looks like a big, definitely horny dude, but no, nah, he's actually yeah. just he's a theatre kid at heart. Wait, so he's he loves his eighty songs. We're gonna get BBA on here. <laughs> <laughs> he he'd love to be on here. He could sing some eighty yeah. songs with us. We're gonna call Whitey, Whitey could confirm or deny. Absolutely. I'll be, asking, status. I'll be asking to see. Uh, that's going to be entry. Can I double take? Yeah. Show us your ticket. <laughs> that's a ticket. Uh, anything else for listening to this, gear? No, that's it. Okay, let's roll on. One degree. I've got nothing. No one. I couldn't find anything. And I know you two wouldn't have looked. I thought about it. No, like I go through the cast, but I can't find anyone. There. I like the Quigley no Down Under one better than the Kurt Russell one. Or yeah, rather, and, and, and there's no Quigley. There's no uh, one degree of Quigley. What a what uh, a fizzer. Unless unless David uh, Fincher was the best bar grip on Quigley down under. So Fincher Fincher actually had an interesting the best bar grip. He did he did start in Industrial Light and Magic working on Spielberg flicks and with George Lucas back in like yeah. nineteen eighty three. So it is likely that he may have come across some of them tangentially by via Industrial Light and Magic, but then he moved into video clips and then he became Fincher. So yeah, yeah there you did go. the motels and all of that in the video clips, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Massive, 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 massive. Uh, video, massive video music producer. Okay, so moving into quotables, there's not a heap there. Like to be honest, there, there well, there is. There's a lot of. There's some, ex- sort of there's some excellent writing, but there's none passages. That, there's none that we are that is dropping into our weekly calls on each yeah. other or have ever there's, there's, referenced out of this movie. No, like no, not one. There's none that I've there's none that I've that I've referenced, but there are two which I particularly enjoyed, and one's Tanner Bolt. <laughs> I swear, you two are the most fucked up people I've ever known, and I specialize in fucked up. 
<laughs> I had I had two. That was one of them. Yeah. Let's see if we got the other okay, one. Okay, so my next one is Margot Dunn. Whoever took us bound to bring her back. <laughs> <laughs> no, my my one was also Margot Dunn. What was that? But my one was. Everyone knows that complicated is a code word for bitch. <laughs> I, I was going to have that, but I liked whoever took her is bound to bring her back just a little bit more. She's, that's a great yeah. character. She's uh, she's awesome. She's that. excellent. Yeah. She's so good. So she was she's only she was character. only thirty uh, at, at the field. So there's a nine year age difference between her and Affleck. Yeah. So yeah. Affleck to counterbalance that actually played his character younger in the film. So, younger, yeah, which yeah. I, yeah. I thought was interesting. But yeah, I thought I think she was cast brilliantly. I think she's she was fantastic. Well, she's she's relatively late to the scene right. too. Like she's she's only a few years really into her career. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not very far into her career when she hits Gone Girl. Mm. She started late. I'm tipping maybe 27, 26. Yeah, wow. Awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, she was – yeah, this was her first big movie. Yeah. And she, she hadn't done a lot before no, she hadn't that. Done much before. When I looked it up, she hadn't done a, a lot of things. Okay. Let's move into Dan's favourite segment, Film School. For Fwitz. Yes, Fwitz. Uh, the G-Man, he touched on it earlier that F- when he went through Affleck's filmography, he probably didn't pause just to realise how stone cold our mate Ben was there for a moment, which which got me thinking about the biggest comebacks in Hollywood history or, or definitely of recent times. So about three actors, including Benny Boy, that I want to look at that went super ice cold and, and took 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 a bit of a risk actually that they wouldn't come back but managed to climb back up to the pinnacle of Hollywood. And the first one uh, we mentioned a little early but uh, is Mr. All right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey. So <laughs> the McConaughey, which has become a bit of a, a, a comic aside lately as to how, how prevalent Matthew McConaughey's become over the last sort of decade but he was a rom-com guy for a long 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 time in shitty movies with Kate fucking Kate uh, uh Hudson. Kate Hudson that's what I'm trying to think of Kate, yeah, 10 uh, things I had yeah, about you all those crappy so he, he decided he was over it he, he basically he was get all he was getting was scripts for rom-coms and so in um in the late sort of noughties uh in early 2010s he, he thought he'd take on some more interesting roles so that culminated in in winning an oscar for dallas buyers club so he definitely made the right choice but he said at the time that taking a year, year a year and a half off and saying no to things in some form or fashion made me a new good idea he recalled so he really played the game he, he thought okay everyone is pigeonholing me in these rom-com roles so you can think in in something as fickle as hollywood though where you really need to keep working and, and stay in front of huge everyone. risk massive risk so he's got to be yeah. praised for uh, for bringing on the reconnaissance and we, we talked about true detective but I, I can't stress enough how amazing that was in 2014 when true detective came off because movie stars weren't doing a lot of lot of uh, television at that time so it was about the same time that house of cards came out another fincher joint by the way and you were really starting to see premium hollywood film actors move into premium tv roles so this to have woody harrelson and and matthew mcconaughey and who's the chick from baywatch um uh alessandro what's her name Paul Alexander. No, Paul. no, no, no. The uh, in in Trid- <laughs> Oh, Alexandra Daddario, yeah, d- d- the greatest. <laughs> the, Daddario, the, yeah. the the greatest five minutes of TV in the history That's of it. TV. So I think mm. she even outs Radajowski, Radajowski. So one hundred percent. Yeah. So that that was but anyway. True Detective. If you have, I don't, yeah, I don't, our great fan, our 
our great fan Craig Plim has never been the same. No, no, and, and it's one of the things I do. One of the very few things I do agree with Plim's on. But excellent role for yeah. Herbert. Yeah, look, he's gone on to do some amazing stuff, and just in some in bit roles too. So you think about the Wolf of Wall Street. He's only on screen for four minutes, and he's still one of the most memorable parts about that film. So there, it says a lot to these guys that talent will prevail, but it's a huge, huge risk to uh, to say, no, this isn't the freeway I want to be heading down as the rom-com guy and to uh, to come back and, and make it happen. So, yeah, look, he's up there. I reckon Matthew McConaughey is the, the bigger. I mean, but there's other actors that I, I won't dive into, but Michael Keaton was similar. He went super cold, but then uh, came back in a big way, I guess, for, for Birdman, which Gow talked about earlier, which swept the Oscars in, in 2014. But, yeah, he was he was super cold there in the wild, but since has done Spotlight. And he was in one of your Spider-Man movies too, wasn't he, Whitey? Yeah, he was in Homecoming. Yeah, Homecoming. And he's, yep. he's done more Tim Burton flicks reunited with those guys. And he's he's, he's going to be – he's he's being Batman in the new Flash that's, that's right. movie, which so, will be out next year. Yeah, he's, so look, at he's, uh, yep. he's certainly – couldn't um, he didn't didn't parlay his nineties or eighties and nineties success into anything really in the noughties, but uh, came back in a huge way after after Birdman. Patricia Arquette was um, she was a huge nineties star too that uh, kind of fell off uh, fell off the radar, but came back huge for Boyhood, which we talked about uh, Richard Lacklander's ten year twelve year filming bit that um, was just incredible. So um, t- since been in Toy Story four and a lot of uh, she won an Emmy in um, the television drama The React and a Golden Globe for Escape at uh, Dannemora. So she's someone that's come on, but again, not would not class her as as huge. Mickey Rourke is another one that uh, was was obviously mm-hmm. massive in the eighties. Went on um, went on a massive hiatus and then come back with a wrestler, which uh, which kind of had his second act or even third act in Hollywood. But um, I, I guess the only two that really compete with McConaughey and um, and Affleck, or the only one who really competes, or the three of them, would be that I would loop together would be McConaughey, Ben Affleck, and John Travolta. They're the three that I reckon have yeah, absolutely probably seen the the heights of Hollywood and and then become completely irrelevant almost overnight, and then come back so strong that uh, it, it's just incredible that, that their talent was re-recognised. And I guess with Travolta, we know that it was Quentin Tarantino that picked him up in, in Pulp Fiction, but then he just went on to do some awesome shit with Face Off and Get Shorty. And, uh, some, he had an incredible like, 10 oh, years. Mate, he had an incredible he just went years. from absolute nowhere to... Uh, but he wasn't even wanted on Pulp Fiction. No, it was going to be Michael Madsen. Yeah, yeah but but um, but Harvey Weinstein wouldn't sign off on him. And they, they almost, it almost got shelved. And it was only that um, Quentin Tarantino actually said, no, nah, we're not doing it without him, that they, they had a staring comp and in the end Weinstein backed down because he thought he was going to lose the movie. That's yeah. how close Travolta was to not getting that. Yeah. Like, he didn't want him at all. Yeah. Incredible. So, sliding door moment yeah. there for him, but, uh, yeah, obviously proven. Mate, what, Morgz, what about Robert Downey Jr.? He was, I mean, I, he was a yeah. star in Look, the I, late 80s. I, and... didn't, I didn't include him just because I think he's been, it, it was more, it, it, he only went cold because he was just such a substance abuse um, fiend. Yeah. It was more. He was that, in jail. Yeah, so. Hollywood couldn't trust him. That was the producers didn't want to put him in their films because they thought he would end up uh, in the gutter or, or in jail. So I don't think he. I don't think Hollywood ever forgot about his talent. Um, and they always oh, no, thought, he's talented. Always yeah. thought he was incredible. But yeah, no, look, it's it's a really good point. He he definitely had a moment there where he was forced away from the uh, from film because he was in prison. But the roles came straight away as soon as he was available again with uh, Kiss Kiss Bang yeah. Bang. 
And uh, um, and did you say earlier? Did you say Neil Patrick Harris? Yeah, look, because he kind of he kind of did too. Because he, he after was Doogie, huge, he struggled. Huge, he struggled huge to, to make the jump to, to male actor or to and you said it, adult actor. He's a quadruple threat. Like this guy is a, he's a director, he's a singer, he's an actor, he's a dancer. He's he's just incredible. And uh, yeah, he was yeah. he he did a lot on stage. So he's won numerous Tony awards, yeah, numerous Tony awards through, oh, through his performance. So look, I think that again, yes, he went super cold, maybe. Um, uh, on celluloid, but he had that backup of being an incredible theatre star mm. and, and musical theatre star. So that's again why I didn't jump onto him. But Affleck, just to, just to round off, we we touched on it, but yeah, he look he went from the the incredible heights of Goodwill Hunting and and being in that new sort of Brat Pack with Days of Confused and and uh, a string of sort of uh, early Hollywood uh, the new the newcomers that were around. I guess at least similar age to us, so it was around that sort of 91, 92, 93 that we were introduced to Affleck and then he obviously Goodwood will hunting, send him to the stratosphere. And then unlike Ben da- uh, Matt Damon, he just chose, he went for the cash. He just went into Blockbuster City yeah. and just thought, yeah. Pearl Harbor, Armageddon, I'm having some of that massive cashola. And uh, then got a little bit too cute and then basically went Daredevil, Jersey Girl, Geely, which was just flop, flop, mega flop. And combined with his presence with J-Lo in the tabloids as they, um, as as their uh, their combined namesake that were the uh, absolute, uh, you, you couldn't turn on a computer or jump into New Weekly at the time at Sloan's house without seeing Ben Affleck <laughs> and, uh, and, and J-Lo on the front cover. So, yeah, it went super cold and it, it took his talent to rise through as a, as a writer, as a director, as an actor to to come back. And I think that um, at the early 2010s when he went, he did The Town, he did Gone Baby Gone with his brother, which was awesome, and uh, and then... As as far as Argo just uh, took him again to the stratosphere, and since then, unfortunately, it's only been him as a good actor in the Batman DC um, absolute travesties that he. It, it, I think he. It was a brave choice for him to take on the Batman role because the fanboys of that particular genre that uh, that everyone loves the, the the comic book movies, he was always always going to get dissed regardless. And uh, I think he he made a reasonable fist of it, but uh, he- unfortunately, the films just suck balls. He's he's sort of well liked as a Batman. I think he's he's a different take on it. But he was supposed to write and direct the Batman solo film that actually was just recently done. Oh, with Robert Pattinson, with Matt Reeves and uh, Robert Pattinson. Mm. That was actually originally was a Ben Affleck joint, which could have, which but, could have. Uh, so I think that he was just. Oh, I, I think he. Jack I think he's at his best. I think he's at his best when he writes and directs. I think yeah. that's where he's. He, he might be one of those guys. He's a bit of a control freak, but. I can't wait to see Air just for that reason. For I think sure. it's going to be really it's good. Be, good cast. Be, yeah, for sure. Good cast and a, and a good topic. Yeah, great. It'll be great. That'll be a great movie. Yeah, anyone else? Well done, Dan. I think, now, you guys posed a, a couple of good alternates. Anyone else just to round it off that you think had a, a, a massive comeback? I mean, there's a lot of old Hollywood stories of people going away for decades and then resurrected by current directors, but it was more so, I guess, the power of these guys' talent that they were able to overcome uh, the uh, Hollywood trying to discard them and, and toss them aside. So that, that that were kind of the main reasons for the choices I made. I think yeah. John Travolta is the standout. Mm. Like he's uh, he's obviously world known for for what he did, and he's probably come back and had a his second half of his career was way better than his first half. Sure. And he had some hits in the first half, but but yeah, no, I think he covered most well, of the bases. The other one I'd say is Rob Lowe because he had heaps of movies when he was younger, yeah. well, and he had the sex tape scandal. Yeah. And that took him out for a long time until he came so back. So West Wing, I guess, really brought him back in a, in a massive yeah. way. So that was one yeah. of the yeah. first 
premium uh, prestige TV juggernauts, the West Wing. I still haven't completed it. Have you guys finished it? No, no I, I watched it. a lot of it, but no, I never, never. I got into the second series, yeah. and I just, you know, and everyone just says you got to stick with it, but it, ugh, who could be fucked? Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well nice one. There we go. Okay. All right. So st- don't don't go too far away, Dan, because strap on your uh, singing shoes and move to the podium, please, because Daniel is up for Stan Bush kick ass a credit song. Tell us a bit about it, Dan. Uh, well, I I agree. I mean, Gow is Bernie Torpin in my eyes after last week's effort. <laughs> and I think between the two of you guys, uh, you as Elton John and the G-Man as Bernie Torpin, you could make a <laughs> fairly uh, a, a fairly classy piano bar singing, uh, <laughs> lyricist and and singer out of the two of you. But uh, The fabulous Baker yeah, Boys. I, I do remember that I did come up with this particular segment and the rules were that you need to spend only a couple of minutes on it. So I'm trying to stay true to my original premise for this and really that's just me signalling that I'll never get as good as Gow as uh, on the Bernie Torpens. But Morgs, Morgs, your last song your last song took the fucker meter to a new level. Is this is this up the same Yeah, uh, you better brace up yourself. the same tree. You know, you know that I always when 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 I can't think of anything, I just replace it with uh, gratuitous swearing so that I can giggle to myself. But it's not quite that bad this week. But I'm just gonna take thirty seconds. I'm gonna put you on mute because I cannot remember the life of me the melody for this one. So just hang on. I reckon it's gonna sound like all the rest of yours. Morgs, just get this in your head. All right, I think it's going to be all over the shop. I really like the lyrics, but I can't remember the melody, so I'm just going to go for it. Now, I'm, I'm, I'll say the title at the end because, unfortunately, the title will give away the, uh, the, okay. the song. So, anyway, this is my Stan Bush kick-ass credit song for the week. Here we go. For Gone Girl, title TBC. Here we go. Pretending to be the cool chick, drinking beer, a keen interest in dick, a brownstone in NYC, a great sort and trust fund baby, buy a bar for my sister and me, turn your cheek while some stonking Andy, but then comes the games and the traps, a murder scene and me the only suspect, but even now I can let nothing slide, go to my bar, drink free piss, worlds collide, there's one thing you did I truly detest. You fuck Doogie Howser to death. <laughs> fuck Doogie Howser to death. What a way for him to take his last breath. Fuck Doogie Howser. Good night. Ah. No chance at Scrabble and Octopus Euro tonight. Ah. <laughs> fuck Doogie Howser. He's spent. Amazing Amy ain't got time to repent. Because she fucked Doogie Howser to death. Oh, yeah. What a way to go. No. Yeah. Fuck Doogie Howser to death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and what's the title of that song, Dan? It's uh, called Fuck Doogie House of Death. <laughs> right. There we go. Well done. That was good. Uh, that was good. What was that second line? Uh, she loves dick. Uh, <laughs> drinking beer, a keen interest in dick. <laughs> a keen interest in dick. <laughs> Pretending to be well a Well done, done Morgs. Well uh, done. That, that was very good, Daniel. Well done. Uh, Gal, Gal had a little bit of a moment over here. <laughs> Uh, I, had to, I had to put his I had to put his microphone on the mute. I thought he was going to have a heart attack. Uh, okay. Oh, that was funny. Yeah. Let's let's slide into a star of the show, and this is interesting. When well, this is probably six or seven people you could pick. Uh, let's start with you, the G. Who's your star of the show? Oh, it is a tough one. I'm going to go with Detective Boney. 
Yeah, good choice. Yeah, I, between her and Margot. Bone like, bone yeah. bone bone Just like the way she she was just so dogged, but you know, she wasn't an overplayed character. You know, she did a job really well. She was after yeah. him, and then she was after the wife. Like, yeah, I really enjoyed that role. I think she played it really well. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I'm going to give it to Rosamond Pike. I think that this was a very difficult role to come across. I mean, this is essentially a, a mashup of every psychological uh, illness that you could possibly put together from from narcissist disorder to every other one in the book. So, yeah, I think I think she was excellent. I think the whole cast was excellent. I think obviously David Fincher and the production team for putting them together and Gillian Flynn for writing The Bad Boy. But Rosamund Pike just stands out as uh, central to this flick and, and an amazing performance. Yeah, well, good call. Very good. Yeah, look, Dan, uh, I think every time we do a David Fincher movie, it's hard not to give it to David Fincher, but I'm not going to. I'm going with Gow here. I'm going with Kim Dickens. I'm going for she's great. Boney. I love her. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. This this watch more than anything. I was just I was into her so much. She was so good. She's so she's so open minded in a face of something that is so obvious that he's killed his wife, but she's not willing to admit that. And it's not until it's she's faced with the most critical proof that she then turns. But she's still willing to be open minded the whole way through. Yeah. And she's so – I loved her. I think she was so yeah, good in this very, movie. Very, very good she's so, And, she and the same as with Margot. I think those two – Margot's the emotional core of the movie, but it's really – I think it's really Kim Dickens that drives the plot. Like she, she's the one. She's, mm. she's, I thought she was great. But it could have been anyone. It could have very easily been yeah. Rosamund Pike, easily. Uh, okay, so I really enjoyed Gone Girl. I, I'd, I've seen it a few times, but I, it, I seem to pick something new up. This time it was Kim Dickens, like – that yep. was a surprise for me about how much I really enjoyed her performance. So a, a really good choice, I think, and, and one I, I think we all enjoyed. But before we get to the rank bank, we're moving into a new category, Dan. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we sort of we tried this last week, but if, if you like this, what else to watch? So if you like this, what would the Born to Watch team suggest that you watch the other? So I guess for, for me, and I'll go first, but – Psychological thrillers was the name of the game for this one, and it really made me think of a young Matt White at uh, Ringamall Twin, <laughs> right, watching Fatal Attraction as a as a ten year old or eleven year old or whatever you were. But no, that's not what I'm going to recommend. So there's two two flicks that are out of the back of this, not necessarily the same, but just ones that this reminded me of as far as great psychological thrillers. First one's The Machinist with Christian Bale. Wow. Yeah, so um, Strangles, this is for you, mate. Go out and check it out. Like an incredible film. I haven't, I'm actually going to watch it this week because I didn't. it just made me think of it when I was thinking of this segment. So um, a, a huge physical performance from Christian Bale. The guy looks like Nixon when he's just going through his monas phase having – having Betty's burgers with lettuce leaves <laughs> instead of buns. But, yeah, he lost about he, – he must weigh about 50 kilos, Christian Bale, in this flick. But just an incredible performance and just a bit of a mind bender and uh, wait wait for the end for the twists and just, just an incredible film. So uh, the other one that this made me think about with such a talented cast in a psychological thriller film was the talented Mr Ripley, which, again yeah. – Great movie. If you haven't seen recently, revisit. It's just a, it's a snapshot of young Hollywood stars about to just cut absolutely sick. Everyone from Matt Damon to uh, to 
Jude Law, Jude Law. to Gwyneth Paltrow to to um, Philip Seymour Hoffman to Kate Blanchett. Just just this incredible cast that they just captured lightning in a bottle for the film and uh, just an incredible movie. And again, in that real psychological thriller subgenre that uh, is worth a visit. So, yeah, they're, they're my two. I reckon The Machinist and The Talent Mr. Ripley. What about you guys? You got anything, Gail? Are we moving on? I think you could say The Sixth Sense. Yeah, that's a psychological thriller, and, and it's sort of a bit of a slow burn like this one where, where it's sort of coming around. You're not, you're not really sure. I mean, it, if, if you don't pick it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's another movie like this where once you've seen it and you know what's going on, you, you're not going to get the same reaction out of it. Because I, I think it becomes a different movie, though. I think you can, It does. It's a bit like when I watched Shutter Island. Yeah. And I knew what, once you know the twist. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, you once you watch it things. again, yeah. you, you, you can't unknow what's happening. So the first time you watch it, you get that real, oh, yeah. wow. But after that, you, you know what the twist is, right? Yeah. So, What's cool okay. about The Sixth Sense, though, I think, why do you touch on it? Then you can, once you know the twist, you actually just spend the film trying to trip them up to see where they make yep. balls it up, which which becomes a film within the film and something that's quite awesome. So, no, I agree, Gail. I that's think fair that enough. That's a, that's, a, that's a great watch, even if you know what's going on. Okay, I've got a, I've got three. First one is Fracture. Oh, yeah. Ryan Gosling, yeah. Anthony Hopkins. Excellent. Uh, so Ryan Gosling plays a lawyer. Anthony Hopkins plays a man who's accused of killing his wife. Uh, and it is brilliant. Mm, good flick. Really, really good. Actually, very similar tones to this movie, like very similar tones and well worth watching. I think it's on Netflix. So have a watch of Fracture. Uh, you won't be disappointed. It's great. Uh, the other one is Prisoners with Hugh Jackman. Oh, I haven't seen Directed that. by Denis Villeneuve. Ooh, no, I uh, Hugh you have no, okay, well, Morgs, this is one for you this week. There's some homework yeah. for you. Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackman plays a father whose daughter is kidnapped, and he spends the movie trying to track down his daughter. Jack it is Paul Dano. Oh, Terrence Howard. Uh, Paul Dano's wow. in it. Paul is that Dano. Taylor yeah. Melissa yeah, Leo. It, it has got. Wow. A, yeah, Melissa yeah. Melissa Leo plays an incredible character. Holy moly! It is. It is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Ooh. It is great. It is so good. It is so heavy. Uh, wow. And it leaves at the end of it, it leaves you wanting more and leaves you sort of demanding a resolution, I'll check that which out, is sure. powerful. 8.1 IMDb. Yep. yep, that's in my wheelhouse. It's all, you're, yeah. all, you're all over it, Dan. Wow. It's, uh, it's, it's one of Denis' best. There we go. And third, third and final, it's another Fincher joint. It's Girl with the Dragon yeah. Tattoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the remake starring Daniel Craig and Rooney Mara, among others, still in Skarsgård. It is what brilliant. What a fucking good film. Not many... Not many movies are better than, than the original, and this is this is Fincher at his absolute best. It's such a shame that and, it didn't make any brass and they couldn't do yeah. the other two books. So, yeah, yeah, what, a, yeah. what a punish. It is such a shame, uh, but it is great. And if you've not watched it, this is on Netflix and get into it because it is incredible. No, I'll have to watch it. I read the book. Oh, yeah, you've got to watch I it. I haven't watched the movie, you've I don't think. You've got to watch it. It is amazing. So good. I can't remember watching it. Uh, Okay, so let's move into The Rank Bank. Now, we all know the way this goes. We give this movie a score out of five, and then we slip it into The Rank Bank and see where it sits. Now, there's a few choices today, and we'll start with, um, okay, straight out of the box, throat-slitting orgasms, woodsheds, box cutters, awkward shower scenes, Side dicks, idiot neighbours, oblivious ex-boyfriends, and world-class vaginas. Thoughts? It's, it's world-class vaginas to me, but it only just gets ahead of side dick. 
Or we can run with that. Yeah. Oh, look, it's we all know. Do you know that? We all know my MO now. The one that I think is going to win goes last. <laughs> but and and to be perfectly honest, I just threw side dicks I in there as an ad lib. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on the sheet, but it's been we we've said side dick about seventeen times. Actually, we've said side dick more times than they said hooker <laughs> in Pretty Woman. Uh, uh, so we'll just put uh, it's been actually, a real theme for the movie for you tonight, hasn't it? Yeah, oh, mate, it's it's blown me away. <laughs> it's blown me away. Uh, okay, so we've got world class vaginas, and we'll start with you, Dan. How many world class vaginas are you giving Gone Girl? There is nothing bad about this film. It is super entertaining. It's David Fincher at the height of his powers. It's Ben Affleck doing a great job. It's as a it's something that mirrors kind of Ben Affleck's personal life as well. Like you, you, you kind of like this guy, then you hate this guy, then you kind of like this guy. So I think he was very well cast. It's four and a half world-class vaginas for me and encourage you to go out and watch it if you haven't yet. Fucking do it, F-Wits. Very well done, Morgs. That's high for yeah, you. That's a big score, That's a Morgs. big score for Dan out of the blocks. Uh, Gail, what about you? Yeah, look, good movie. Great to rewatch it, especially since I you know, wasn't sure how it was going to pan out after not having seen it for a while. Um, as we said before, I think the I think they wrapped it up too quick, or they didn't explore a lot of that in the end. So it's three point two five. Sorry, three point five for me. Three point five. Wow, G man, bringing the bringing the mean down. Okay, I loved Gone Girl. I love David Fincher. There's, he hasn't really made a bad movie, apart from Benjamin Button. No. I. I I had this scored at four. Then I heard Morgs is 4.5 and I'm now sitting on the fence. But I did change my score before he scored to 4.25. I'm going to stick with that. So I'm going to give a 4.25 world-class vaginas. This movie is excellent. It's eminently rewatchable and I will visit it again. This shall not be, in the great words of Daniel Mark Morgan, Marie Kondo. <laughs> this will see another day on my Absolutely. television. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it is excellent, and if you have not watched this movie, you need to do something about that sooner rather than later. Now, Gao, let me just move this over so you can have a look, and you can tell us where Gone Girl sits in the rank bank. You'll certainly fucked his average, G man, with your appraisal of this film. All right, we have Ooh. Gone Girl at four point oh eight WCVs. Uh, <laughs> Right right above Predator at 4.06, Ugly Motherfuckers. And just below Wolf of Wall Street at 4. What's in? It's tied. Oh, no, sorry. It's tied with Wolf of Wall Street at 4.08, Lemons. Just below just below Mad Max at 4.17, Fuel-Injected Suicide Machines. So that puts us in spot number 15. Yeah, okay. That's a fair result looking at the movies around it, I think. I've got to say, like, we're not getting many wrong here. Is Gone Girl a better movie than Ghostbusters? Is it a better movie? Oh, look, I'm quite comfortable where it is. Well, you've got above it. You've got Mad Max, The Guard, Usual, Usual Suspects, Suspects, Ghostbusters, Full Metal Jacket. So it's it's got yeah. some competition up yeah, there. It's, it's 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 sitting sort of squarely. And I'll tell you what, it's not that far off being up. You know, being up a few spots higher. Nah, there's not much in it. There's not much in it. Okay, well, well done. We're, we're not getting it wrong. That's for sure. Uh, the gal, your your three point five, I think, might be might regret that a bit later on in life. Eh, I don't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what are we watching, gentlemen? 
uh, we'll start with you, Gal, because this is your favourite part, and it'll be interesting to hear what you've got to say for yourself. I started last night The Last of Us. Well done. A great flick. Just got through the first episode. Long, long episode. Yeah, hour and 20. Hour and 20, and then I think the next one's an hour and 12 too. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing it. It's a, it's a really good start to that show, so I flicked that on last night. Yep. Uh, I think it's uh, it's given me enough that I'm really, really keen to keep pushing on with it. Yeah, excellent. No, it's excellent. I'm looking forward to going home watching episode three tonight, which is another long one. I think it's like an hour 20 again. What about you, Dan? What are you watching? So, uh, yeah, keeping up with that and Mayor of Kingstown, but I watched this cool documentary last night. Remember the band, the KLF? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I watched a documentary about them. Uh, it was on Canopy. So I don't know if anyone's got that, but very well worth a look. Very strange. Yeah, I didn't know the story behind the KLF and how uh, – anyway, go and check it out. If you, if you, if you enjoyed their sort of uh, – the, 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 the height of the KLF movement where they were basically getting best band at the BAFTAs and um, at, at the Grammys were mentioned as well. Like they just had a moment, but the guys behind them, it was just a complete piss take essentially. So it's um, – and then they just had controversy after that where they essentially – burned a million pounds, like took a million pounds out of the bank from their proceeds from their band as the KLF, chucked it in a fireplace, burnt it, filmed it on a Super 8, and then see you later, we're not a band anymore. And then um, it, it just talks about the aftermath of that, of, uh, of, of dealing with burning burning all your wedge, essentially. So wow. didn't think it was going that way. Really, really interesting doco, so go and check it out. And I'm also reading The Passenger by Cormac McCarthy at the moment. So his first novel since The Road, which was turned into an amazing flick with Viggo Mortensen and the, the young Australian actor whose name escapes me at the moment. But if you like Cormac McCarthy books, it's very different. It's, it's set. Um, in New Orleans, where I'm really big after my recent travels there, but uh, it's <laughs> yeah. If uh, I, I I don't yeah, check, look check it out. It's very different to Cormac McCarthy's other books, which I love, um, but worth a read. Excellent. Uh, I've got a couple. I've I've started with Isabel watching The Big Bang Theory again. <laughs> so trying to find things that I can watch with my nine year old daughter. It's quite a lot of sexual innuendo, more than I remembered, but she's she's enjoying it. We also, I don't know if we talked about it last week, but we tried to watch Velma. Yes. No, we, we talked about, about it on the, no, we talked on the weekend. Yeah, we about did. That. So tried to watch Velma with her. And if you have a child under the age of 15, do not let them watch Velma. Uh, it is not any good to start with, but it is. It's an adult show. It's an adult show. Yeah. 100%. There's nude scenes. There's a nude shower scene. They talk about lesbianism. Uh, is, is that about film with the character van. from Scooby Doo? Is that where it comes from? From Scooby Doo, oh, okay. it's a Scooby Doo, yeah. Oh. So but it's, it's done Mind- by Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling. Oh. It, it's it's been it's been panned, and I can understand why. Look, it's not great. Uh, I'm I'm of course loving The Last of Us, looking forward to watching episode three. But I also watched one of the uh, best picture Academy Award nominees, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, oh, yeah. on Foxtel. Uh, on sorry, on Netflix. Uh, the new German uh, movie, mm. uh, which is obviously the third iteration of it, and it's amazing. Yeah, okay. So it's well worth a watch. Uh, World One, World War One, uh, brutal, unbelievably filmed, uh, great performances, and 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 really worth a watch if you can spend two and a half hours reading subtitles. It's well worth it. Uh, okay, so that's going to bring us to the end. Good episode. What do you reckon, Gal? Great episode. What are we doing next week? I'm going to make a captain's call here because we didn't talk about it before. But I don't think you'll dis- I don't think that you will be disappointed. So next week, we're going back in time. We're going back in the time machine. 
We're going to do Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, okay. We're going to attack a classic. We're going to attack a classic. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Steven Spielberg, Harrison Ford. Karen Allen. It's a great movie. Yeah. I loved this when I was a kid. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I watch this semi-regularly. I've watched this a lot. So it'll be interesting to cast the the critical eye over it this time and just see what we come up with. Yep. Oh, that's a good one. Looking yeah. forward to that. So Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark next week. Uh, and I think then after that, we've got a few in the bag, which are going to be pretty special, I think. But anyway, that's it from us this week. I've really enjoyed dissecting with the box cutter, Gone Girl, and uh, get into it. So from me, it's bye for now. Bernie Torpen, out. You fuck Doogie Howser to death! <laughs> <laughs>